Amen. Thank you so much, Leah. Uh, man, what a wonderful song and a prayer to pray, right, at the end of this quad. Uh, you can have it all, Lord. And uh, good morning and welcome to our last chapel of the quad. And uh, before we are sent out into spring break, uh, we are commemorating and celebrating Lent uh, together. And doing that this week on Monday, to give a little bit of a recap, we had Pastor Drew Shep, former director of chapel here at Northwestern, share with us and talking about identifying with Jesus' suffering, identifying with him in the garden and praying in agony, saying um, to the Father, not my will, but yours be done. And uh, yesterday, having one of our very own students, Joey King, talk to us out of Matthew 16 about taking up our cross, denying ourselves, and following after the Lord. And what do you need to let go of in order to embrace a cross-centered life? And uh, today, um, having uh, an opportunity for us to participate together in an Ash Wednesday service. Now, um, one of the cool, unique features of this institution is that it's an interdenominational school. And there's over 40 different denominations that are represented here. And while we can look uh, downward upon different denominations, uh, and there's denominationalism that think once, you know, maybe say that one denomination is more biblical or better than another's. Uh, I, I love it here at Northwestern. We, while that, we're not immune to that, we have the opportunity to see the great unity amongst the diversity within Christianity. And um, I don't know about you, maybe you have uh, grown up in a church tradition that didn't celebrate Lent, didn't, don't even know what Ash Wednesday is. Um, that is totally fine. I, I actually grew up in a church tradition that did, but didn't really recognize the significance of it until later on. In fact, uh, all the different denominations that I've been a part of, I jokingly say or call myself when someone says, what denomination are you? I say, I'm an Evan-Baptocostolic. Like, what? So let me explain. And so that gives me an opportunity to open up and talk about um, really, I'm, I'm a follower of Christ, and that can happen in Catholicism, it can happen in whether you're Lutheran, it can happen whether you're Reformed, it can happen whether you're uh, Assemblies of God, it can happen whether you're Presbyterian. Um, there's a lot of different denominations, but there's one Lord, and there's one body, and there's one church. And so what we're doing today is not meant to reflect any particular denomination, but to reflect a system and a rhythm of the church calendar that, give, that invites us to prepare for Easter Sunday. So Lent, really what is Lent? It's, it's a time to set aside, a time to spiritually prepare for Easter in the same way that we have Advent set aside to prepare for Christmas. And uh, Lent is, is patterned after, literally means 40 or the 40th day. It's patterned after uh, the Lord Jesus being led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness to fast for 40 days. And then Luke 4 says that, he, he was led into the, the wilderness by the Holy Spirit, but he returned in the power of the Spirit. And so this is an opportunity for us uh, to pursue the Lord with a fresh passion and a focus. And while Lent has been practiced since the fourth century and shared by many different uh, churches today, um, this is an opportunity for every Christ follower to participate in. There's no biblical command to, but it's an opportunity to. And so, as this is a time to remember our own mortality, leading to Good Friday and to Easter, leading to Good Friday and to Easter Sunday, which reminds us that we will be raised, that we have been and will be raised to immortality. First Corinthians fifteen fifty four says, "For this perishable body, what you and I have right now, must put on the imperishable, and this mortal body must put on mortality, immortality." So today. Um, we begin a journey 
a time set aside to pursue the Lord with fresh passion, meditating on Jesus' life, death, resurrection, and his return as we ask the Holy Spirit to lead us and perhaps even to a wilderness season so that we may walk further in the power of the Spirit and greater Christ-likeness. And so we're going to have a time of reading of scriptures, of communal prayers, um, and then uh, the very kind of center of our time together, the imposition of ashes, of which we'll share a little bit more about when that time comes. So as I pray, I'm going to invite up uh, Dr. Nicole Jordan, who's going to lead us in our first reading of scripture. Father in heaven, thank you so much for this opportunity that we have to gather together to encounter you in community and how even today at the end of a quad and um, launching into a new season and into the spring season, which I know maybe seems like it's so far away, uh, but yet, Lord, we have an opportunity um, to prepare, to examine our hearts, to say, Holy Spirit, would you search our hearts and know us and see if there's any offensive way in us and lead us into life everlasting. And so, Lord, I pray that during these next moments that you would interrupt our hurried, busy lives with your rest and with your truth and with your grace and with your love. We want to pray the song we just sang together. You can have it all, Lord. May we experience afresh the great joy and the peace of lives surrendered to you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Will you hear the word of the Lord with me through his prophet Joel? Blow a trumpet in Zion. Sound an alarm on my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble. For the day of the Lord is coming. It is near. A day of darkness and gloom. A day of clouds and thick darkness. Like blackness, there is spread upon the mountains a great and powerful people. Their like has never been before, nor will be again after them through the years of all generations. Yet even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping and with mourning. And rend your hearts and not your garments. Return to the Lord, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. And he relents over disaster. Who knows whether he will not turn and relent and leave a blessing behind him, a grain offering and a drink offering for the Lord your God. Blow the trumpet in Zion, consecrate a fast, call a solemn assembly, gather the people, consecrate the congregation, assemble the elders, gather the children, even the nursing infants. Let the bridegroom leave his room and the bride her chamber. 
but the vestibule and the altar. Let the priests and the ministers of the Lord weep between them and say, spare your people, O Lord. Make not your heritage a reproach, a byword among the nations. Why should they say among the peoples, where is their God? And now a reading from Psalm 51. Have mercy on me, God, because of your unfailing love. Because of your great compassion, blot out the stain of my sins. Wash me clean from my guilt. Purify me from my sin. For I recognize my rebellion. It haunts me day and night. Against you and you alone have I sinned. I have done what is evil in your sight. You will be proved right in what you say, and your judgment against me is just. For I was born a sinner, yes, from the moment my mother conceived me. But you desire honesty from the womb, teaching me wisdom even there. Purify me from my sins, and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Oh, give, give me back my joy again. You have broken me. Now let me rejoice. Don't keep looking at my sins. Remove the stain of my guilt. Create in me a clean heart, O oh God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence, and don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey you. And then I will teach your ways to rebels and they will return to you. Forgive me for shedding blood, O God who saves. Then I will joyfully sing of your forgiveness. Unseal my lips, O Lord, that my mouth may praise you. You do not desire a sacrifice or I would offer one. You do not want a burnt offering. The sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit. You will not reject a broken and repentant heart, O oh God. And now this morning, a prayer of lament. And we'll do this in call and response format. Let us pray. The God of love opens our eyes to see the suffering of all our sisters and brothers, and we will see. The God of justice opens our ears to hear those who cry out, and we will hear. The God of healing opens our hearts to acknowledge and share our own pain, and we will bear it together. And the power of the Spirit, we will know the truth and the truth will set us free. O oh God, you who created us all in your image, who knew us all before we were born, affirm in us the value your love has unquestionably given to us. As we embody our core identity found in you, 
May those who are dehumanized, either by the oppression of others or by their own actions of hate, be granted the permission to live in the freedom you offer. By your compassion, grant us what we need, the courage necessary to love boldly, the vulnerability necessary to trust, the submission necessary to heal, the conviction necessary to repent. We belong to you. And now let's uh, engage in a moment of, of just silent reflection as we prepare our hearts for a prayer of confession. Let us confess our sins before the Lord. Please respond together by saying, forgive us, O Lord. For the times when we have been too consumed by our own pain or distracted by the tasks of life to see and respond to the deaths and pain of those you hold dear, forgive us, O Lord. For the times our own hearts desire to hate those who cause us pain, forgive us, O Lord. For the ways we have not welcomed you into our suffering and disappointment, so that we might forgive, forgive us, O Lord. For the ways we have caused you and others pain for our own sin, forgive us, O Lord. Your peace be with us, O Lord. Great God of love, your creation weeps. Hear the cry of the oppressed. See the pain and injustice perpetuated on your children. Bless those who grieve and mourn the broken kingdom on earth. So as we continue in our time um, and moving to the imposition of ashes, let me just share um, a few thoughts and uh, offer some brief uh, directions for how we can participate together um, in this time. Uh, I wanted to read a, a quote. Um, every year, uh, Biola University comes out with an Advent project or a Lent project. And maybe if you're looking for uh, a devotional, um, something or maybe to engage during this season of Lent in a new way, um, this is one resource that well, I would commend and recommend to you. But Dr. Greg Peters of Biola University says this in regards to Lent. He says, death is the one thing that all human beings have in common. The one thing that has been the case since the beginning of time. We will all eventually die and return to the earth. Dust you are, and to dust you shall return. As Christians, we believe that at death our bodies are reduced to clay, but that our spirits become God's intended complete creations. Christ reveals to the world what it is to be God by dying a human death, the only thing that all humanity shares. This selfless, humiliating act unites Christ with every human being who has walked on the earth. As Reverend John Bear states, mortality is not a property of God. Creating life is not a property of humans. But Christ has brought both together, conquering death by his death, and in this way, and in this very act, conferring life immortal. He enables all men and women to use their own mortality to come to life 
in him. And in a culture and in a world that we live in that is doing everything that we possibly can to avoid death. Think about it. We have all the anti-aging creams. We have Botox. We have the holistic healthy eating. We have scientific genetic things. There's so many things that our world is we're trying to avoid death. It's something that our culture in this world fears. And apart from Christ, fears rightly so. However, we as Christians know that we can live having no fear in death, no shame, no guilt, no condemnation because of Christ sharing in our mortality, died death and in his death, put death to death, and the cross is empty, the tomb is empty, and that we are raised again to new life to put on immortality. And so... Um, this is a time now when we, this imposition of ashes, that we embrace in humility our own mortality, but in hope we cling with faith that we have been born again unto a living hope, the resurrection of the dead. And so uh, we have a few student life uh, uh, staff and then uh, Dr. Nicole, uh, who was here sharing just a few moments ago, um, we're going to have... Um, Two of us up at the right, or actually right up, kind of right inside the hallways of door two and three, and then myself and another right down here in front. And um, as we have uh, two students that are just going to share and lead us in some songs of worship, we invite you that wherever you're at, whenever during this time, um, we'll take the next ten minutes or so, and then we'll just move forward. And just um, as you as you come to each of us, that we'll have ashes and we'll make the sign of the cross either on your forehead, if that's the case, just lean forward make a small sign of the cross on your forehead, or if you'd prefer, you can do it on the top of your hand. We'll do it on top of your hand as we speak um, these words of truth and blessing over you. So let me pray for us, and then we'll get into position. We'll invite you to come and move forward um, as you're able. Father in heaven, thank you for this time and this service, this chapel, that we can direct our hearts afresh to you. I pray that now as we come forward during this simple, tangible act May we be powerfully reminded of our own mortality. You say in your word, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom that as we embrace our mortality, we recognize and also embrace the truth that you have conquered death and that we've been born again and raised unto new life. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. In our closing minutes, I have one final scripture to read and some thoughts to send us off into the season of Lent and to spring break. And so I want to read from 2 Corinthians 5, 20 through 6, 10. It says this, Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Working together with him then, we appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. For he says, in a favorable time I listened to you, and in the day of salvation, I have helped you. 
Behold, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. We put no obstacles in anyone's way so that no fault may be found with our ministry. But as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way by great endurance in afflictions, hardships, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, riots, labors, sleepless nights, hunger, by purity, knowledge, patience, kindness, the Holy Spirit, genuine love, by truthful speech and the power of God with the weapons of righteousness for the right hand and for the left, through honor and dishonor, through slander and praise, we are treated as impostors and yet are true, as unknown and yet well-known, as dying and behold we live, as punished and yet not killed, as sorrowful, yet always rejoicing, as poor, yet making many rich, as having nothing, yet possessing everything. And so I want to remind us um, that during this season of Lent, that we live as ones who are sent. That Jesus said, as the Father has sent me, so I I'm sending you. And so as we even go forward today and we bear an outward sign of ashes, embracing our own mortality, that we remember, as the Lord said in Isaiah 61, which pointed to Christ in his ministry, that he gives us beauty for our ashes. And that he is able to take the dust to which we return to and raise us again unto new life. And so I wanna invite you to ask the Lord two things this Lent and to begin engaging in this, this, uh, this spring break. What is the Lord inviting you to stop doing? And what is the Lord inviting you to start doing? Often the season of Lent in preparation for Good Friday and Easter can be a time that is marked by sacrifice, by fasting, by abstaining, even of good things, of necessary things. And if you choose to do a food fast, um, please do that so in wisdom. Uh, if it's longer than any uh, a day or even three days, consult your physician. We want you to be careful with that and be wise with that. But maybe you're gonna be giving up something, something good in order to let go of those things in order to more fully embrace all that God has for you. So even ask the Lord, what are, you allowing, what are you inviting me to let go of? What are, you, what are you inviting me to stop doing? And then what are you inviting me to fully embrace? What are you inviting me to start doing? And so uh, for me, I'm just gonna be real practical. I'm gonna be real honest, guys. It's so simple. For me, it has to do during my times of waiting, whether I'm in line, whether I'm in bed and can't sleep, and I so often open up something, I click on an app, and I just start the, the scroll, right? Uh, one of the things the Lord's been speaking to me about how much time I spend doing that. And so instead of doing that, using that as a time to set aside and to pursue the Lord, and for me particularly, it's to pick back up the discipline of memorizing Scripture and meditating on His Word. And so I want to encourage you, it's so simple, but even just small little things like that, 
The Lord takes our small, weak yes, and he multiplies it into doing so much more than we ever possibly could. And so I want to invite us, would you stand um, as I pray for us and send us out into a spring break? So Father in heaven, I pray that today is that as we go from this chapel and as we go into spring break, as we go into the season of Lent, that we would go so embracing our identity as your ambassadors, as ones who have been reconciled to you, that we would live as ones that are reconciled to each other and that we would not lay a hold of your grace in vain. May we not use our freedom to indulge in whatever we want to, but to recognize that our freedom is having the ability to do what you have called us to, to live in the very center and the abundance of your will for us. And so, Lord Jesus, I pray in the name, in your name, for each of my brothers and sisters, that we would go, so, go forward in your grace, in your humility, with meekness, being ones who are poor in spirit, but yet receiving your kingdom, as ones who mourn, but yet as ones who have your comfort. Lord, as ones who are meek, yet knowing that we have a heavenly inheritance. And Father, that we would go so in such a way that you would multiply all that you have done in our lives into the lives of others, that whatever we've received from you, that we would reproduce in the lives of others, representing you wherever we go. And so I pray for your protection, I pray that you would be our, as you are, as our, our helper and our keeper and the preserver of our lives. May we at once, on one hand, embrace our own mortality and that our lives in this life is short, but yet bears eternal weight and significance. So help us to go in both humility and in hope, fixing our eyes not on what is seen, but what, what is unseen. And even though outwardly we're wasting away, inwardly may we be renewed each day from one degree, degree of glory to another in your likeness and for your name and for your glory. We pray and ask all these things in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone declared? Amen. Amen. You are sent. Have a great spring break. And we'll see you back in a couple weeks. God bless you. <laughs>